0: Hello and welcome to the Head Stuff Podcast. This is a uh, very special live episode. I'm here with Connor. Hello. We recorded this episode in uh, Sober Lane D4, which is up in Irish Town, um, because they were the sponsor of the Lacomic Cup. Which, uh, in this episode, you'll find out, you, you probably found out already because it's on the website, but the winner of the Lacomic Cup, um, and plus Kevin McGarren and Andrea Farrell, will read the two final stories. Um, and after that, we just have some fun. Yes, so it was very fun. It was it was good crack. Yeah. yeah. So thanks very much to uh, Soberlane for allowing us to record in there. And uh, this is the episode with Kevin McGarren and Andrea Farrell. Okay, so we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna start straight away. So I'm I'm going to introduce you all to Kevin McGarren and Andrea Farrell. If They'd like to come up and give them a raucous round of applause.
1: How are you all doing? God, there must be thousands of people. (laughs) If you're listening on the podcast weeks from now, Oh, oh, so many different races and religions and people wearing all kinds of crazy garbs. How are you all doing? This is the strangest pub. Kevin is going to be hosting has. this now, so
2: it's like user four judges. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> just feel like
2: and a weird is, X Factor. This is now. the worst audition of our lives. <laughs>
0: uh, so uh, what we're going to do is these these guys are both comedians. You may know them from comedying around. Um, we all don't have quite as famous a face as Kevin, who uh, walks into bars and has uh, trouble with fame. Do you want to tell them what just happened at the at the bar?
1: Oh, right, no, that wasn't really due to fame. That was just my own incompetence. Um, I think that could have happened to everybody, anybody. No, I was at the bar, and the barman was telling a story about the HR department, and in the middle of it, he was like, and then I spoke, and you know, the HR department came over, and he was like, Hiya, Kevin! And I went, Oh, hey, man, how's it going? I said, No, no, I'm Kevin. I was like, Oh, it's am uh, LAUGHTER no, I was
0: telling a story <laughs> involving me. Then he said, I'm Kevin from Republic He started signing autographs. Yeah, they, I was, they didn't want them. It was, it was embarrassing for everybody yeah, involved.
1: <laughs> I got over it. Uh,
0: so uh, one of the things we're doing tonight is uh, the, um, the final of the Comic Cup, which we've been running on stuff for the past few months. And it was a World Cup-style short story competition where we Ireland didn't have a chance Ireland (laughs) didn't make it um, surprisingly enough Uh, so there was uh, loads and loads of contributions and it was whittled down to 32 and they they all played against each other and then it was down to 16 down to 8 down to 4 down to the final 2 and Kevin is the judge of the final 2 I feel Uh, absolute power the absolute power—the yeah, man who gets sorry. to decide who goes home with a thousand euro—which <laughs> I don't know if he knew before tonight. So I didn't. No, yeah. I was unaware of the price. Yeah, um, but so I <laughs> still judged it fairly intensely. Yeah, I took good. it very seriously. That's uh, that's exactly what we expected from you, um, which I is why we—Kevin
2: was going to be judging. I would have entered. <laughs> yeah.
1: as well. You would have won. Yeah. I would have won. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Split it down the middle. Because we don't give a fuck. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, so what do you want to do? Do you want to have a reading?
0: Yeah. Will you you two read the final stories? Okay. We'll start off. Uh, we'll start off with. You don't actually know who who's written these.
1: Then, yeah. Now the parameters were had to be based in a historical context. Yes. In, uh, yeah. You didn't know any of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, had to happen in history, um, of the world. But but with a made up difference. With a little bit of difference, would and it had a to be a bit of spooky, a bit of comedy. So. Yeah. You should feel laughter as well as chills. Um, So Andrea is going to read the other... uh, Oh, thank you very much. Thanks. Two lovely pints of... Two pints. Guinness. Thank you. Just from land in front of us. So which is this? This is the... This is uh, just the two of us. And the writer is for this? I will tell you after uh, you pick a winner. Uh. After you check it on your phone, I'm sure. (laughs) Quiet, isn't it? Edmund Hillary shouted through the howling wind. Mm -hmm. said Tenzig Norgay sounds like a funny name but it was actually a real guy (laughs) through layers of clothing would you like a sardine no thank you shot of lemon juice Tenzig shook his head and they trudged up on Mount Everest we'll be fine muttered Hillary actually that should have been like we'll be fine muttered Hillary no pressure just the hopes of the whole expedition resting on the two of us He patted his ice axe. Thank God for this state-of-the-art equipment. What the? He clutched Tenzig as the unearthly sound came from overhead. A flock of geese flew over the summit. Honking as they went. Honk, honk. (laughs) There you go. Wait for the direction. (laughs) The mountaineers inched along the steep ridge. Tenzig froze. Listen. The gale. (laughs) We heard you. He only said it once. You're fucking up this guy's story. (laughs) The gale obligingly paused. And they heard an eerie rustling behind them. Thought you wanted to add a little rustle there. That's good enough. Yeah, that'll do. That's too much of a rustle. That's a big rustle. Okay. Um, Rustle as they went. Where the fuck am I? Um... The mountaineers inched along and as Tenzig froze, Listen, The gale of lightning paused, and they heard an eerie rustling behind them. Hillary gulped. We have to carry on. There's no other way but down. The noise grew louder. Russell crunch. We're hallucinating, said his, Hillary firmly. Altitude sickness must be. No one else is up here. Russell crunch. <laughs> Tenzig gasped and pointed at a footprint in the snow. Hillary stared at it, open mouthed It's Mallory. Who? George Mallory died up here in 24. No one knows if he reached the top. They never found a body. Crunch. Hillary turned white under his muffler. It's Mallory's ghost! A rock wall rose before them. Keep going! Hillary swung his ice act and began climbing. Crunch, crunch, crunch. He's.
2: He's getting closer.
1: Cried Tenzig in a woman's voice. Hilary threw the rope down. Quick! He hauled Tenzig up and landed him like a fish. We're nearly there. Don't look back. Crunch, 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 crunch. crunch, crunch. crunch. (laughs) Hillary and Tenzig floundered upwards towards the snow and soon quaking in the roof of the world. They shook hands and Hilary pulled out his camera. Whatever happens now, we climbed Everest. Strike a pose. But as he raised the camera, look! There was a fresh... I was pointing downwards, actually. <laughs> there was a fresh <laughs> footprint in the snow. An enormous footprint. Scuffle, scuffle, scuffle. Crunch. <laughs> Tenzig raised his ice act, re- wreathed in flags. Really? That pronunciation? I think so. Hillary took a photo. In sheer panic, a huge hairy hand appeared at the edge of the rock face, and a giant furry ape-like thing bounded towards them. The Yeti. Tenzig moaned. Good. That's more of you. Goodbye, Hillary. (laughs) Goodbye, Tenzig. The Yeti skidded to a stop and pro-offered... Pro-offered his hand? Proffered. Proffered, really? Yeah, it's a good word. He uses fancy words. (laughs) I have to give him extra points for that. (laughs) Proffered his hand. Tenzig shook it cautiously. The Yeti's grip was crushing. Biscuit? (laughs) The Yeti took the biscuit from Hillary, threw it over his shoulder, then pointed at the camera and smiled. Say Cheese! Hilary snapped the yeti. The yeti pointed at the camera again and stood between Tenzing and Hilary. The three summiteers grinned and the yeti held the camera in his long arm's length for a selfie. (laughs) Click. That's it. We've run out of film. At the bottom of the ridge, the mountaineers waved goodbye to the yeti who flailed back from the summit. The wind had erased their earlier footsteps, leaving smooth, blank snow. We were definitely the first humans, said Hilary. Yes. They smiled at each other <laughs> and began their descent towards medals, public buildings named in their honour, and precisely enunciated newsreels. The end.
0: That was just the two of us by Liz Hedgecock. Liz it, Hedgecock. <laughs> is Liz here? Liz is not here with us. Is not, Liz present? She's not dead. She's just <laughs> not here. <laughs> uh, okay. And any the second her, story. Any of her
2: friends here?
1: Any friends of Liz? That's not a euphemism. Okay. Okay, this one's called The Invasion, and it's set in Nazi-occupied France. (laughs) (laughs) The Nazis were advancing through France, but that wasn't the reason for this eerie quietness of a French town. After Jim crashed his Spitfire the previous month, he had soon realized that France is always quiet, due to the natives' inability to wake before 10 a.m. They would also work until 3pm, not do anything between Friday at 3pm and Tuesday at 10am, and have Wednesday off, and strike every other month, not leaving much time to repel an invading force. It wasn't for the elderly Gabriel, who had taken him in, he wouldn't have survived the crash. As a positive, his French was getting better, although why he needed to know the gender of his breakfast remained a mystery to him. Jim's only escape from the French, and indeed the war, was to sleep. He had been attempting to control his dreams to live a second, more tolerable life he would recognise when he was dreaming by checking his neck for the trinket that hung there in waking hours if it was missing, he was dreaming it was late there had been a bang on the door instinctively Jim knew it was the butt of a Nazi rifle He hur- his heart began to race he hurried down the stairs in the bluish semi-dark and opened the door a German officer had his back to him The officer slowly turned, showing a face ravaged by deep scratches down to the white bone below. Jim fell for his necklace. Nothing. It was a dream. He woke suddenly and felt for his necklace. It was there. Relieved, Jim roused and went to the kitchen for breakfast. Gabrielle?
2: What would you like?
1: Oh, just la baguette,
2: please. (laughs) Eh?
1: La baguette? La Baguette?
2: Ah, of course, what didn't you say?
1: <laughs> ah. So,
2: did you dream last night?
1: Yes, I had one about a Nazi.
2: I'm sure you said that last week.
1: No, I didn't. I don't think so, anyway.
2: I'm sure you did. Maybe I dreamt it.
1: Maybe I'm dreaming this.
2: What? <laughs> you think you were dreaming? That I have had a dream about you having a dream about a Nazi?
1: No. Maybe I'm dreaming this conversation in which we discussed that we think maybe you were dreaming that you had a dream about me dreaming about a nazi. <laughs> Jim felt uncomfortable and reached for his necklace. It was there. The day passed slowly, listening to the distant rumbles of war. He was late. There was a bang on the door. It it was late. He was on time. <laughs> it was late. There was a bang on the door. Instinctively Jim knew it was the butt of a nazi rifle. His heart began to race. He hurried downstairs in a bluish semi-dark and opened the door. A German officer had his back to him. The officer slowly turned, showing a face ravaged by deep scratches down to the white bone. Jim felt for his necklace. It
0: was there. <gasps> <laughs>
1: oh, spooky. So he was actually not. In. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was the invasion by Chris Tattersall.: I don't know much about history, but i think those two
1: things were spot on
0: all right (laughs) so they both failed they both failed by changing history
1: no 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 they just moved enough
0: okay cool um and i suppose we should get the overall winner of the lakama cup okay maybe we should do a drum roll or something has anyone got a set of drums has anybody brought their drums no No. okay maybe we won't have a drum roll I'll Um, i'll just say that again and you can give us the winner Maybe I, we can
1: have the winner of the it, Comic Cup. It was a it was a slow process, uh, my brain processing both of these things right. and going to two different tubes, and they both came out, and I could judge them accordingly. Um, but I think the clear winner was the invasion. The invasion by Chris Patterson, the winner of the LeCombe Cup. Um, I liked it because it was kind of like. Written seriously with silly bits thrown in. It reminded me kind of like uh, the way Spike Milligan used to write those books of his. Well, that's high praise. (laughs) It is high praise. It's too high a praise, really. (laughs) Far too high a praise, but it reminded me of that, and I think it was well written. And it was a bit spooky.
0: It was a bit spooky.
1: Yeah, I like the phrase, pale white bone. Yeah, as opposed to other bone. Oh, you mean penis. oh, come on. I know it's a comedy podcast. Um,
0: <laughs> but yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, I like this one better.
0: Good. All right. Well, that's the winner. Um, so you have to give them a grant.
1: Okay. That's Great. going to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> can we do
0: installments of absolutely zero money? <laughs> we can do that. That can be arranged. Um, okay. Well, let's move on. We, um, uh, for for the more regular podcast listeners, you'll know that we had Arthur Matthews as a, a guest in two episodes ago or three episodes ago depending on when we put this one out um, and Arthur Matthews obviously is the, uh, the writer of Father Ted and Toast of London Big Drain loads of great things know. and uh, Kevin is a big fan of the man uh, yeah I'm kind of weird like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really into the Beatles and Bob Marley as well yeah. Just so bizarre yeah um, but you're, you're a bit of you know you're kind of a hipster you're into things that other people aren't into so. that's it. I like the yeah. weird yeah the weird stuff yeah
1: um, yeah I don't know if any of you have um, seen or heard of this book well remembered days no yes we've all heard of it yeah but like would you all say you yes, like, have seen every episode of Father Ted and are amazed by how brilliant really it is? Um, yeah I'm kind of shocked it was this is my favourite book Andrea you've read this yeah why is it the best book in the world
2: Oh, it's just—it's got all the things. <laughs> it's very much a good read. Yeah. And when I was finished, I had a big smile.
1: How long did that smile last?
2: I'm still smiling now, Kevin.
1: That's—that's. That's, I mean, that should be on the back of the book, <laughs> if there was room. Um, it is—it's the funniest book I've ever read. I don't know. Did I give it to you or?
2: I know. I read it. Of my own accord. Okay, fair enough. And then I think we, just, we, we, we bonded over it then in later years.
1: Um, but it is, uh, like it's, yeah, I'm evangelical about this book. Like every time I see it in a charity shop, I'll buy it and give it to somebody. I think, um, kind of like your man who killed John Lennon, <laughs> buying a <an>, uh, <laughs> catcher in the right. <laughs> but um, I was gonna, I don't know what kind of stuff you do in this, but I was gonna read an ex- excerpt.
0: Yeah, we make it up as we go along. so yeah, let's yeah, do We it. were
1: kind of discussing uh, censorship. Kind of earlier on, yeah, Uh, and this is kind of uh, relevant. I made so many fucking sorry, you're like cursing. This, do kids listen to
0: podcasts? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, here it is.
1: Um, Now the this is the book is basically a comedy version of Angela's Ashes. Uh, It just sort of I think it came out soon after, and it's about this bizarre. Republican, really Catholic uh, dude who just influenced loads of figures in Irish history, kind of like an Irish Forrest Gump. Uh, like he met Michael Collins when he was about eight and he hid <laughs> sausages for him and his father sold him out um, to the English. He was instrumental in getting the Pope here in 79. He worked on the censorship board and banned everything. But um, here's a, uh, an excerpt out of one of the plays that he banned. Censorship in Ireland, since my time on the censorship board, had gone to hell by the 1990s. Basically everything was allowed, and it was almost impossible to stem the flow of filth coming at us from all sides. It would have been a Herculean task to alert the authorities to every single film, book, and play that was polluting the country. But one thing I was determined should not be allowed near any of the public was a recently published novel by our old friend, author's quotation marks, Ranger McWoods. Since big jugs and Fill Up Me Johnny's many years before. McWoods had continued his filthy work, and his name would occasionally pop up in connection with a disgusting play or book, which was guaranteed to offend. Nine times out of 10, this stuff would have been banned in the days when I was alive. But when the, with the increase of liberalism, less and less obstacles were been put in his path. By 1995, the novel Pork Tribunal had been published by a small publishing house in Arklow, and it was brought to my attention by a neighbor of mine, Finbar Walsh <laughs> when I read a copy I could scarcely believe that such shit could be printed and I decided to embark on a private prosecution of McWoods for obscenity Pork Tribunal is offensive in countless ways <laughs> the hugely unbelievable scenario concerns a homosexual love affair between two Irish members of Parliament Donal Geraghty, Fina Gael and Pascal Clonliffe Fianna Fáil Set against the backdrop of an investigation into irregularities concerning the sighting of a pork factory. McWood's numerous pornographic descriptions of gay sex, these are inverted commas every time I do that, involving male TDs, reaching a new low in publishing. Here, for example, is the opening passage. Ladies may wish at this stage to skip ahead a few pages. Fuck, fuck, fuck me up the arse, you baldy fucker. He sprawled all over him, thrusting his hot member up the youth's arse until he came with a loud whoosh, Ugh! moaned the youth. Pascal rolled on to his side and had, as his head hit the sheets, he got a full view of his companion's red raw arse, blistered and surrounded by a ruddy pink rash, which both disgusted and enthralled him. He knew that Frankie, the boy of 17 who lay next to him, would pause for a while and then start barking the commands which befitted his master role. This, of course, met Pascal the servant, which did not thrill him as much, but pleased Frankie immensely. It was a game they played together. One of many, Pascal thought to himself, not for the first time. Go out and get me a box of Smarties. Uh, uh. Pascal paused for a while, unwilling to seem too subservient. This would infuriate Frankie. Go out and get me a box of Smarties, you baldy fucker. It was a phrase which the youth used again to taunt Pascal. You baldy fucker. <laughs> it's scarcely conceivable that someone would compose such rubbish. It even gets worse, with the Fine Gael TD having lurid erotic fantasies about the admittedly very attractive Sinn Féin leader Jerry Adams and having an affair with a young Belgian. But the most disturbing passages describe homosexual love between the two main protagonists. Here's another absolutely revolting example. That night, he went to Donald's place again. Their lovemaking was as exciting as ever. They lost themselves completely in sexual ecstasy, The likes... Sorry, I'm getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> the like of which Pascal had never known all his whole life. At one point, just as Pascal thought he was about to explode, Donal asked him to do something that no one had ever asked him to do before. Pascal... Could you stick your head up my arse? <laughs> what? Sorry, Donald? It's just, I've noticed, you've got a lovely small head. <laughs> ah, that was what Jerry Giles, the man who had fitted his wig, had said. Other people had remarked in his small head as well. It must be very noticeable. Donald continued, It'd be so brilliant. There's some oil on the table, use it for lubrication. <laughs> Pascal, not unnaturally, even though he was a hugely sexually excited, had to think about this for a second. Sticking his head up someone else's arse. That was really pushing the boat out. Even in San Francisco, they'd probably have to think twice about that one. But eventually, because he thought Donald was just great, he relented. He got the baby oil from the bedside table and massaged Donald's hole with it. Just in the nick of time, he remembered at the last moment to remove his wig. Then he took a deep breath and went for it. He shoved his head up Donald's arse as far as he could go, while the Fine Gael man screamed with pleasure. Eventually his whole head was submerged by Donald's insides. Pascal decided to open his eyes and have a look around. This, after all, was an experience he was unlikely to repeat but his lids were pressed up against some indeterminate fleshy substance and would not open. Anyhow, he probably would have been unable to see anything in the darkness. Eventually, he could hold his breath no more and withdrew from his lover. My God, that had been incredible. Donald was beside himself with joy. Thank you, Pascal. That was great fun. In gratitude, Donald gave Plaskin a delicious blowjob. <laughs> The idea of two TDs getting up to this kind of thing is, of course, utterly fantastic. And it goes on in such a fashion. (laughs) I implore implore you to buy this book, because it has made me laugh outside on buses. Laugh outside of my (laughs) body. Made me laugh out loud on buses
0: (laughs) so many times. It was brilliant. I loved it. So it's well-remembered days by Arthur Matthews. Yeah. yeah. In,
1: not in all bookshops now. You don't no. have to go online or go Galway to pick shop. it up or something. Yeah. I, think uh, it
2: was, I think it was inspired by conversations between Arthur Matthews and um, Michael Nugent, who's um, the head of Atheist Ireland. They're, like, best friends. And I think Michael helped write. Uh, he was one of the writers on IKEA as well. Norris. Right. He's a very funny lad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I actually sent him an email asking him about this book. And he said he would found, you know, like when lads, when outlads in Ireland just write an autobiography. <laughs> just some lad just says, you know what, I have loads of stories. Um, he found this autobiography and it was, he said he had to do nothing with it. It was like so close to, to what he came here. Just like really optimistic. Like Frank McCourt. You know the people who told Frank McCourt he was a bollocks when he came out with Angela's Ashes? <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a clip online on The Late Late Show. Have you seen it? It's a mm-hmm. lad, ah, this Limerick lad, who's a lot younger, dressed as a fucking banana in this yellow suit. And he called Frank McCourt a liar and basically said that Limerick was lovely and the weather was nice and everyone had bread and <laughs> you're a bollocks and fuck off back to New York, basically. But um, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of written like a reaction to that. But yeah. I love it so much; I'd read it again. Yeah, it sounds and again.
0: sounds fantastic. That's hilarious. This, did you pick that out? Why did you pick that that excerpt out? Was just because
1: it had loads of dirty shit <laughs> that I wanted to say in a crowded pub.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually brings us on nicely to something that uh, I think we wanted to talk about, which is I suppose just the use of religion in in Irish comedy, particularly. So, Andrea, <laughs> your yeah. thesis was on. Uh, your college what did you do in college first of all
2: i did um irish studies in trinity
0: irish as in irish language irish stories uh,
2: it was it was this new course and uh it was pff, jesus probably one of the lowest <laughs> points course uh in ireland right. and Seven i said do you know what that's for me
0: <laughs> uh, i'll do that so it was a toss-up between that and agricultural studies
2: uh, i don't know it was a toss-up between that and prison <laughs> You made, you made a good choice, and uh, it was kind of it was interdisciplinary course where you do kind of different things from different uh, departments. So I was doing history and uh, the other English and Irish <laughs> and uh, etc. <laughs> Making friends. I failed first year um, because I made too many friends. <laughs> uh, But I learned that once, even though I'm against fees, once you're paying for college, you do work harder. No, no, cut that out. (laughs) Cut that out. You never
1: said it was off the record. So right, ring of you. No, wait. I'm
2: I'm flipping out here. (laughs) Let's start again. I did Irish studies. Yeah, that's right. (laughs)
0: Okay, and then your thesis was called... Uh, my thesis was called
2: um, From Kissing the Bishop's Ring to Kicking Bishop Brennan up the arse. Um, and it was evaluating the the relationship between religion and Irish comedy as a form of cultural mediation of... I, I use lots of fucking really big words uh, to, just to kind of check out the cultural landscape that had been changing since kind of the 70s. So I chose three case studies of Dave Allen, Fallot Ted, and The Savage Eye just to show how these comedies had reflected uh, just changes in society. How we just kind of were getting a bit more liberal and not giving a fuck. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, having a good time.
0: And what's your kind of... Uh View on it now. Is it is it all open? Is is is, is there what? anything that's off limits?
2: Is there anything that's off limits? Is
0: there well? First of all, is there any religion I that's ma, off
2: limits? Da. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I don't know. I think it's, uh, a, lot, a lot of comedians would have problems with certain subjects, and even uh, most audience members would, you know, people find it very easy to take offence to something. Um like I'm not easily offended. I'm offended by bad comedy. <laughs> like I I am offended by people who maybe just kind of write an offensive joke but there's not really any any real wit behind it. Or no yeah. point or point, mm, yeah. you know, they're not kind of being satirical or trying to make a point. They're just maybe just being a bit vulgar or something.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh I mean it wouldn't Necessarily offend me, but it would just kind of annoy me. It's yeah. just they're wasting time there.
0: They're the shock jocks, and just yeah, becoming popular for being controversial. There's yeah. still a few sacred cows. Maybe I'm just saying
1: that because there's cows everywhere <laughs> on these yeah. on these walls. Um, well, like you can't, like you can't, um, you can't. <laughs> I don't use the phrase "have a go at Muslims," but like <laughs> you can't even really discuss it discuss the merits um, positively or negatively without people in colleges kind of going mad Um,
0: yeah people in colleges (laughs) yeah it's weird college
1: students now are way more um, they're kind of we we reach a point of being liberal that we're actually fucking gone completely around 360 and we're right wing again where like you're not allowed um, even discuss kind of negative aspects right. of certain religions. Let's <laughs> say uh, shmim shmam. Um, but <laughs> they can't do anything. Um, whereas like that's fucking stupid. Like you can't stop uh, if you're stopping discourse, then you're just being as bad as what the church were doing yeah, in the fifties. Like, yeah. but um, so like even abortion. So like I, I occasionally would um, talk about abortion sometimes on stage. And <gasps> for abortion, a people are just called it abortion now because it has less kick, <laughs> and it kind of does sound alright, doesn't it? Abortion. a, yeah. like a Southside slang. It's the first chapter. Tar- Tar- it it closed, yeah, yeah, it like makes that. it sound almost um, cool. Going out for an abortion. Having an abortion. But like, you have you have two different people who will sometimes come up to you after gigs, uh, and the first one is like, you know, you're a terrible person for being pro-abortion and then the other ones will say you're a terrible person for even talking about it mm-hmm. um, who like agree with what you're saying but not the fact that you're actually fucking saying it um, which is weird yeah you know you get called a baby killer for talking about abortion Yeah, and even if you were like that still makes you 1-700 as bad as a hospice in tomb but um, <laughs> yeah what are you, you going to do you know
0: um yeah, I think yeah. yeah, we're we're we've gone we've kind of gone so liberal now, where the the the, the hyper liberal people are looking for other things to defend, and it's come back around to religion again.
1: Yeah, as if it's like this very very fragile thing yeah, that yeah, with yeah. any sort of scrutiny, yeah. any kind of poking, it will just explode. Yeah, I mean. God will be Grant. He's yeah. a big guy. He's dealt yeah. with bigger cons than
0: he silly comedians. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because uh, particularly, like I suppose, Islam is what you're afraid to talk about. Almost, there's this whole like, you know, it's Islamophobia. But you're sa- people are saying you kind of can't talk about it. I don't know if it's for fear of being attacked or if it's for fear of, I don't know, a myriad number of other things. I don't think it's for fear of being attacked. I think it's like... I I don't mean by, you know, like... (laughs) You mean like planes landing (laughs) on the sober You
2: mean like like trolls? (laughs) Yes, exactly, trolls.
0: Um, You know, under the bridge and they'd be shouting at you for your (laughs) Islamophobia. Taking your uh, shoes. but, you know, it's definitely one of the things in the world that should be scrutinised and if comedians, of all people, can't do it uh, then yeah, we, we probably have a problem then, you know? It,
1: yeah, it does kind of feel I mean, we're, I suppose like, as Andrea no doubt found, like even the jump between Father Ted and McSavage yeah. and McSavage just has fucking priests grabbing kids yeah, out of phone boxes and legging it
2: kidnapping them
1: Yeah, like, I mean, the idea of that in 1994 four, when is Father Ted 5 or 6 um, that would have been kind of crazy, mm. Mm. but um, yeah, it kind of doesn't work unless everyone can get slagged. Yeah, you know, if it's just one or two. It it doesn't just, really
0: work. that was kind of the, the South Park method in a way, isn't it? Do yeah, it? yeah, just abuse everyone, everyone, including themselves. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that the kind of is that the kind of stuff that your uh, thesis looked into then, or um, um. or what kind of approach did you take on it? It just
2: kind of approached just the kind of gradual change. And so I I looked at different kind of moments in society, I suppose. With Dave Allen, I mean, he was way, way ahead of his time, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And he got most of his fame in the UK and in Australia, where he had his own TV show in Australia. And um, RTE actually placed a de facto ban on him, which isn't like kind of... An actual ban—it's more like a kind of hush-hush ban where they didn't—they couldn't officially announce it. It's just like they just wouldn't play him, and all because he—all of his sketches were just—he just didn't give a fuck about offending the church, you know. Uh, his most famous sketch was uh, a striptease. It was like the bishop doing a striptease, <laughs> yeah. and he yeah, takes off right. all his clothes, you know. <laughs> and uh,
1: there was another one about—it was like a—it was a bishop. What do you call? It? Is it a crook? It's like a shepherd staff with oh, a, yeah, yeah with a big curl on it. And oh women,
2: yeah, people and
1: coming up for communion. Yeah, and it's, like a, sex, a, a sexy woman arrives and he's, he's no, he's, he's,
2: he's giving communion to to like just all these L you know, and it's like body of Christ, body of Christ, and then this sexy one comes up and and the staff just goes. Whew. And, and do, do it for the people at home. Oh, the, the staff that was kind of curly at the top suddenly goes straight and hard.
1: We also would have accepted. Ooh? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of a penis getting erect. Yeah. yeah, every penis sounds like that. I know what it sounds like. Um, but yeah, even that. Even, <laughs> uh, even that. Yeah, I'd say it was pretty controversial. And when was that? The seventies.
2: Yeah, and that was. I'm not sure if people in Ireland saw those sketches until they kind of were they did the rounds again maybe in um, like the 90s or something because my, my parents <laughs> used to listen to them on the radio and stuff and uh, I know I think if you were closer to the border or something I'm not sure but uh, <laughs> God, I have no clue I haven't read this thesis now in a while <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my parents and everyone like I'd say all your parents as well loved them but it was kind of bit hush hush kind of thing. It was it'd be something you'd kinda of secretly listen to in your room, you know, and you'd be Because that's what people did then. You know, they didn't they couldn't laugh at the church. You could only snigger at the church and kinda of laugh in your bedroom. You'd never never publicly make a joke and that's what he was doing. And everyone loved him for it, but they weren't kinda of brave enough to publicly to publicly love him, you know. Yeah. And he hated he kinda of resented Ireland a bit in a way. Well he was he hated the church because his um, his father died when he was quite young and his mother was trying to raise him and his brother alone. And this is kind of where everything stemmed from, his hatred for the church stemmed from, you know, because when the priest was collecting the communion every week, he would call out the names of the people who didn't give enough money and shame them. And so he, his mother was shamed numerous times in the church. And I, He was like 12 or something, and I think he was just like, fuck this! <laughs> fuck this, mammy! <laughs> I'm going to make people laugh, and I'm going to shame these cunts. You know?
0: I don't know how much actual research you did into, like, say, Dave Allen, um, and, and how he was brought up. Was he brought up as a Catholic? I, I was actually watching a, a sketch today that he, that he had done on... Some uh, I think it was actually a special, a stand up special, and he had this five minute bit about how he um, went to school for the first time, and it was a, a Catholic school and the mm. nuns let him in yeah. i 'm sure yeah. you 've seen that yeah but he, the way he told it was he knew nothing about any of this. he would never heard of this god character, yeah. so was that i suppose was that just a bit, or was he actually brought up without any religion?
2: Um, no, he was brought up Catholic, but he's, you know he 's a lapsed Catholic, like the way i 'd say most of the population is we' all mm. we're Catholic more so on paper. Yeah. And when, gran- when, you when, when Granny dies, we're Catholic as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Granny and Grandad go to the big farm in the sky. Um, <laughs> to be processed. <laughs> to go up there with all the dogs.
1: All dogs go to heaven. All dogs, all dogs and grannies go to heaven. All dogs and grannies go to heaven.
2: <laughs> Granddads go to limbo.
0: Have you ever tried to. Uh, what's the word? Eman- emancipate yourself from the church? I did. Yeah. Um, s- they stopped, that. Uh, they, stopped they, sh- it. they
2: shut down that website. It's
0: fucking right. easier to get off Facebook. Like yeah. Yeah.
2: It's,
1: uh, I tried doing it before and then I wasn't able to do it. Actually, no, the first time I tried to do it, I chickened out. because I was just thinking, I could need the cunt at some stage. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs>
1: I had no belief in God whatsoever, but I was like, oh, there's some situation where I'm trying to get a job or something, or trying to <laughs> get, get your out of kids Cuba. Into school. Yeah, I was just like, "Do you know any priests?" Like, yeah, I I didn't. But then when I went to do it again uh, a couple of years later, it was actually impossible. It was possible. It was I couldn't, it was, it, I couldn't do oh, it cuz the website yeah, had gone.
0: Yeah. yeah, you have to write to your bishop or something.
2: They had no these people set up. It's not
0: only bishops. Uh, it
2: might have been Atheist Ireland <laughs> or someone but they set up this website called countmeout.com. Yeah. where people could uh, leave the church officially. Yeah. and you had an option of meeting with your local bishop and kind of explaining why you were choosing to uh, what's it, uh, to abdicate? Is it or leave or but, um, yourself? Yeah,
0: get a divorce from the church.
2: Yeah, Please. and then the uh, the bishop. He, a lot of people chose to meet up with him, and it was mostly like, "Yeah, man, I'm just like I'm sick of all these stories. Of you raping kids, <laughs> you know." Um, and then the Catholic Church actually, or the sorry, the Vatican got like a court injunction or something, and got the the website shut down. They were like, nobody's leaving.
1: It's on the deep web now. Nobody's, yeah, yeah nobody's, <laughs>
2: nobody's leaving here, guys. Yeah.
1: It's like, in we, the came here,
2: we came here to party and we're going to keep partying. It's <laughs> you know? exact quote.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: The party don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the rhetoric of the, the new cool Pope. Yeah. This, yeah. this Pope Francis character.
1: The priests are very cool now. I embarrassed like, the priest when I was in school. Oh, right. um, he had just got a laptop. And he was a real... I thought you were um, going to say lap dance. <laughs> <laughs> he had just received a lap dance and was sitting down for a while. Um, but he just got a cool new laptop. He was quite a cool young priest. And um, very much a father, kind of trendy. That was kind of his nickname. But um, instead of a mouse pad, this was before mouse pads, um, there was like a tiny little rubber bum oh, yeah, in little the, ball. Mid, the little, yeah, there was. Yeah. It was a tiny little yeah, yeah. like the size of a P in the middle of the keyboard. Yeah, it looks like a little wart in the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. And I, like he was showing all the kids, he was like, hey, check it out my new laptop. And I was like, oh, well, what's that there? And he was like, oh, it's like a joystick but it's much smaller and way more sensitive. And I was like, oh, like a clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> and he s- stared at me for a while said my, oh my name and a few prayers and... <laughs> Yeah, just making priests blush is the best crack in the world how
2: old were you? I
1: was 17, I knew what it was just didn't know where it was do you know now? fair idea, I've seen diagrams since yeah. <laughs> I got the internet um, if, if you look at uh, the vagina like it's a boat uh, the clitoris would be a sort of a dog sitting at the, at the nose of the boat <laughs> where a dog would sit on a boat that's where the clitoris is basically
2: you're welcome back to sex
1: tips with uh, Kevin and Andrea Andrea what's the tip for a perfect wank Ah, uh, just those noises uh,
2: I don't know we have a friend of ours who, um, <laughs> who uh, we won't mention his name or we Will be for the laugh? Uh, <laughs> no, no, baby. And we won't.
1: Angry. It can always be believed. But
2: you know what? I'll just do an impression of him and some list some careful some listeners. Eagle eye listeners. <laughs> might be able to pick it up. <laughs> we have this friend from um, a nice part of Ireland who um, he was having a lonely night and he decided Do you know what? Those Big watermelons in a uh, Aldi are going half price.
1: First of all, you make it sound like this was a top. of This is a regular thing. Oh yeah, sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. I'm making him sound kind of normal, like this was kind of a little adventure. He's fucking. He stocks up on watermelons, baby. And so uh, he uh, he cut it. He, he cut the watermelon half, and he uh, he he had sex with it. But uh, he wanted it to feel like a warm woman.
1: <laughs> so Not a dead woman. He
2: <laughs> not, a, not a dead woman. So he decided to um, microwave it. And uh, when he told us this, he was like, I'll give you a tip for the future, lads. <laughs> Remove the pips. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking... Red hot bullets on your Mickey.
1: <laughs> as, as, the, as the flesh of the melon <laughs> cools down, the pips retain the heat. <laughs> uh, Sex you know, tips?
2: He listens to all the podcasts, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, all the Irish
1: podcasts, judging everything. Me, okay. He'll be listening
0: to this.
2: Yeah, he'll be listening.
0: <laughs> Can't wait to find out who that is. <laughs> Oh, I you'd get an you'd, email. You'd never yeah. get it. <laughs> <laughs> can
2: you be? Can, we can't be done for uh, libel or slander.
1: Not when it's a mate.
2: <laughs> not, when it's a, not when it's a mate and we're just having a laugh. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's chatting the pub really isn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Could have been talking about anyone there.
1: Yeah, any, any, any comedians. Any from, one of our friends. From that part of the country. <laughs> Sorry, go on.
0: Um, what do you do? Which do you think? Um, <laughs> I don't know how to go away from that now. Um, so it's, it's a striking oh, we image. Do, we don't <laughs> have to move away.
2: Do you want some more stories about that?
0: Yes, I do actually. No, we do yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Which do you think is the best uh, representation in Irish comedy of, or who has who's done the best job of representing the Catholic Church in, in Irish comedy? I think there's a lot of people, obviously, Father Ted and stuff, but there's also like, just straight stand-ups, like, you know, Tommy Tiernan talks about it a lot. And, mm. uh, did, did, did you just kind of use, like, Dave Allen, Father Ted, and Max Savage, or did well, you...? Well,
2: no, I did, I did reference Tommy Tiernan, I mean, when he appeared in The Late Late Show, and load, hundreds of protesters drove up to RTE, and he had to stay in RTE kind of overnight. What?! Really? Yeah, they barricaded him in in, like, 98 or 99.
1: That's mental. Um, what did he say, exactly? It was like, something really innocent, I, can't I remember. can't remember
2: the joke. No, it was something very like, innocent. Something like, God, I
1: wonder, did his hands get itchy yeah. on the cross or something? It was very, very, it was yeah. very
2: innocent and funny. I think he got
0: less
1: innocent every each time he was on, on the show. Yeah, the first one was very innocent, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember, like, it, it wasn't too crazy or anything, but yeah. that's my idea.
0: 1988, a long yeah. time ago. And yeah. anyway, they were going to, what, they were going to... Peacefully attack him if he got out. Of it.
1: I don't know. Like they
2: would
0: help him to heaven. Secu-
2: <laughs> well, security, they didn't want to. They didn't want to bring him outside, so he just stayed in RTE for hours. Right. Probably just having a great time in there, <laughs> yeah. drinking all the beers and having yeah. a party. Yeah. I always I think protesters are hilarious. Really, like like when you're protesting against something that lots of people love. You know, like having the crack. <laughs> like I love one thing. I love to see is people like those those videos that emerge from America of like those super religious Westboro, ra- Westboro Church and mm. they're like they're burning books and burning lots of CDs and I'm just I love it because like they they did, they had to buy them like
1: yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> buy more then, like, burn as many brilliant. as you want yeah
2: keep doing it I, I believe that's
1: it. what I mean UAE's I'd like, love
2: to I'd love to make something that would offend them and so they could I don't know what it would be like.
1: I tried. We we did a play in Cavan um, for the FLA called The Devil's Cayley. and uh, myself and Philip Doherty wrote it over like two nights. And the intention was to offend everyone in Cavan. Um, <laughs> it was set in a dance hall in the sixties, where this returning son comes home and spots kind of three pillars of the community in the dance uh, who have kind of who are kind of rotten at the core, and he spikes them with LSD. And they hallucinate Satan in various forms depending on their sin. Um, and we like we did there was a woman out character who'd kinda of just come back from Liverpool. Uh, had fucked this girl the last time he was home, she was pregnant, and he basically told her to fuck off and he was just a bit of a gant. But um when he started hallucinating, there was just women everywhere with heads of cattle, and then the Virgin Mary came out of the painting. I slid down in silks and stripped in front of him and then castrated him on the stage it was fucking beautiful to watch in a small <laughs> town in a <the> cavern. <laughs> but um everyone loved it yeah. uh, it was like really popular with middle-aged people yeah. who had who had been around that time so yeah i don't know sometimes when you said that to offend it just goes really well
0: how did you uh, <laughs> how did you pull off the uh, the stage works how did you put uh, the uh, special effects for the, for better the castration yeah, it, was, it was brilliant yeah uh,
1: we just had we had the virgin mary dancing around your man and then as she takes a crucifix and she slides it out to reveal a knife <laughs> and beside her we had a woman dressed as a nun with a bag of blood and another knife and we synchronized it so that when she slashed at his balls that did nun would slash at the blood, and you kind of see them both at the same time, and it kind of is weirdly effective. Wow. You just see the splash of blood, and you just squeeze your legs together really <laughs> tight. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good effect.
0: And then, um, so that, that played first in cabin, and then it was uh, it got to the abbey somehow. Uh, explain that to me. Uh, it, <laughs> he won it won the
2: big competition.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. It won the big play competition. Was
1: it won, the, it, was, uh, competition? It, was a, it was taken on by... Um, an amateur drama group from Kerry Gallen, and drama group, okay. and they did a great job with it, and it won like yeah, won the All Ireland Drama Festival, and then it got a little short run at the Abbey. Mm. What's a short run there? Three oh, just three days. Cool. like pff, When we were Yeah.
2: <laughs> when we were touring last year, um, we, myself and Kevin and uh, Ed Simon, Trevor Brown, and. Yeah.
1: Rolling in grace. <laughs> uh,
2: we're traveling around Ireland <laughs> in a camper van uh, doing gigs, and just, we just so happened to be listening to the radio. Uh, we were driving down from Oma to Cork because we just loved spending money on petrol. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck designed the the, the tour, but um, as we were driving down, uh, we heard on the radio this this priest from Cabin ringing up. Kind of, was it Joe Duffy or something I don't know they were ringing up and giving out about Kevin's play and we just happened to be listening to it as it was beautiful yeah it's the best mm-hmm.
1: feeling in the world just hearing priests go mad yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, then some outlet came on and defended it Yeah. and said that they were way worse cons than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, end of discussion <laughs> I definitely didn't do anything bad to kids Yeah, that's it. Let me get that. That's definitely on the record. (laughs) (laughs) No
0: damage to kids' lives at all. Very nice. Were you ever tempted to uh, write to those priests or anything, or? No. uh, You looked at me there. (laughs) Uh, No, not at all. Uh,
1: No, why would why would you do that? I don't know. For the crack, you might knock a bit more crack out of it somehow. Then start a dialogue. And what happens then? We start sending bits of hair towards each other. And (laughs) he arrives at my house. If
2: If that priest was on Twitter now, we'd have a bit of crack.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is Graham Norton. He'd be ringing him up. Making, Making
2: a few. I like to send him a few memes you know
1: yeah. yeah. You
2: know what a meme is
1: yeah. <laughs> can you, I know what you mean me, or me, a mem <laughs> is that how mommies pronounce it
2: I'd be sending a few mems <laughs> I don't know what they'd be
0: Minion, million memes
2: they'd be bad <laughs>
0: The, the bishop Brennan with the with the cloak up, you know, oh, looking
2: even, like a bat. Even worse than that, I'd to be selling them <laughs>
1: <laughs> sort of big threats. You make yeah, I know. This.
2: I'm just getting. I'm just hoping. I'm going to go home tonight and check how many priests are on Twitter and just <laughs> engage engage with them. Ah,
1: uh, a lot of them are very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so they are.
2: Was. I was getting actually a coffee in a, in cabin in a, the Apple Green petrol station. And there was a nun beside me, and I was wearing like tights and a little, a little, a little, a little sexy skirt, oh, yes, some Trump. might say. She'd be, she'd be calling me, she would have locked me up in the magnet <laughs> laundries, let me tell you that. She got a second glance at me, but I didn't give her the chance, right? I just let her get her fucking tea, and I went about my business, but I knew that she was looking at me. Cu- thinking in her brain
1: I thought this was going to be <laughs>
2: thinking in her little th- think in her little woman brain <laughs> that I was a sinner um, could, but she had you know what nuns hate do you know what nuns absolutely hate when you give them compliments because they're meant to be kind of uh oh, yeah. they're not they can't be vain you know and they always wear these manky shoes <laughs> and so if you want to piss off a nun you just say Sister, I love your shoes. Where'd you get them? <laughs> and it drives them up the fucking wall.
0: <laughs> so
1: shoes, Pamela the, Anderson. The, where'd you get, <laughs> where'd the you get them, Miss?
2: I want to get them. Oh my god. Where'd you get your hair done? It's lovely. You must
1: be batting the in <laughs> the. Give lads away. them lots
2: of compliments. <laughs> yeah. It really pisses them off. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, they go. I've never they tortured nuns. Before. They lose their <laughs>
1: shit. <laughs>
2: It's not torture, just a little game. It's
1: mental torture.
2: Yeah, actually, you know, Adine told me that Adine used to do that in her school, which she went to a, a school with nuns, and she said, when she when she figured that out, it was it was go time. <laughs> Plain
0: sailing, to yeah. the <laughs> So is it just is it just looks? Is it just like? beauty things that you can't compliment can you say like you've you done a great
2: yeah, job today you can't be, you can't yeah, be no, vain that's, you that's can't pride in sh-
1: work I suppose are yeah, yeah. a bit be. protestant yeah. <laughs> pride and, in pride and work is very protestant <laughs> yeah. um, we have shame in work oh, I've done and shame job. in unemployment yeah. as well yeah, it's yeah. mostly just
0: shame Right.
2: would you have many nuns and priests now listening to the podcast
0: <laughs> yeah they'd be our highest demographic <laughs> right. oh, well. so we're going to lose a lot of them because that's of this we really should have planned this interview
2: any of the big ones
1: uh, all father the, all Darcy it's yeah. Brian Darcy here
2: <laughs> Hello he's, he's
1: probably the Hello Father right.
0: <laughs> Brian Darcy If you're listening Send us an email I met
1: you? him actually At a funeral He's a lovely man I have Ooh. no idea Who Brian Darcy is He's the biggest priest In Ireland Have you ever seen A priest on a programme That's him <laughs> yeah. But in a good way <laughs> Right In a Like an RTE programme uh, Not a TV3 programme I don't know Any famous priests At all Like
0: f- non-fictional ones the priest. Yeah, <laughs> everyone has a list of fifty fictional ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can I can name them all day.
2: I love hearing the stories of the priests, you know, who just kind of who left the priesthood, you know, like the priest who married my parents left the priesthood and got married. My what? parents oh, like to say. so confused. There. My parents <laughs> like to say that uh, that you know that their love inspired their love their love dismantled the priest <laughs> and made him go and love a, a woman. <laughs> You know, and uh, sure, uh, but you know what? The guy that sold them the house—oh, this is very funny now. This is this is the effect that my parents have on people they meet. (laughs) The priest that married them left the church and got married. The man who sold us our house shot himself in the head. (laughs) And my granny rang up my mom and said. You won't believe what's after happened. Do you remember that lad who sold it the house? Yeah, he's ever shooting himself in the head. Is he alright? <laughs> Mom said. <sighs> Esther, he's ever shooting himself in the head, in the brain. I know, but is he. What's the crack? Is he alright? <laughs> he's dead! So. Do you know what? You can't win them all, can you?
1: <laughs> um... God, remind me never to sell a carrot to your parents. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god! Cut my fucking balls off or something. <laughs> uh, what are They're lovely r- people. Though. Yeah. <laughs> They're lovely people, really.
2: Such funny stories, aren't they? Cool. Love having a laugh.
0: So that was our very first live podcast. We really hope you enjoyed that. Connor freaked the fuck out making it. Did I? No. Connor was great. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so thanks very much, Connor, for doing I it. It Think was it was was what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. our wonderful engineer who had to put sound out into the room and record it for the podcast. Oh, it was very difficult. Wizard, wizardry. Uh, I don't know uh, how I did it. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Um, I thought Kevin McGahern and Andrea Farrell were very much on form. Yeah, they were great. Hilarious, both of them. Yeah, I'd never um,
1: seen Andrea before. Yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: brilliant comedian. Um, so, and it was, it was a great pleasure to have them both on. Um, congratulations to Chris Tattersall Who won the La Coma Cup Walked away with a €1,000 yeah. in the process Cool G Not bad I Wasn't expecting that yeah. um, Plus had people like Kevin McGarhern Arthur Matthews Jarlett Regan Colm Regan, Dieter Worms Reading his stories um, And everybody that was in the, uh, the La Coma Cup throughout uh, Congratulations also to Liz Hedgecock Who was a finalist um, It was a pretty great achievement So fair play to her Um so, thanks to everybody involved. Congratulations thanks. to you too, Alan. You did a good oh, job. Thanks, um, Connor. Thank you. I was hoping for someone to. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Soberlane D4 and Irish Town for letting us um, record in, in Soberlane. Uh, great venue for the first live podcast. Yeah, they were
1: actually really helpful. Really, really helpful. Yeah.
0: Um, and a particular shout out to Geraldine and Gars. Uh, Gars was such a dude. Uh, so, thanks for that. Um, thanks to Kevin McGarren and Andrea Farrell for being on the podcast. Thanks to Connor for doing all his stuff. Thanks to Paddy for helping out. Uh, thanks to Video Blue for the theme tune. Mikey for the artwork uh, and also the Sober Lane, again, double thank you for sponsoring the entire Lakama Cup and putting up all the money for the prizes. So that was really sound and really great. So if you're in the area, go in and have a drink and a pizza. And in pretty Sober Lane. sweet looking pizza. They did look pretty good. I had a pizza and they're beautiful. Yeah. Really, really nice pizzas. Um, so, yeah, please uh, subscribe and rate us on iTunes and SoundCloud and all that stuff. Uh, join the Head Stuff group on Facebook um heads of podcast group and check out the website and uh, thank you very much and we will be back with another episode next week. Ta-ra.